0: How do you get unstuck in your situations? So I first showed a picture of what? Elementary school. Then it was what? Middle school. After middle school is what? High school. And after high school is? College. College. And maybe you'll go to a master's or maybe PhD. And What do we recognize about the, progr- uh, uh, the process of education? There's levels and there's progress. Can you agree with me? What happens if someone gets stuck in the fifth grade? Say they keep having to repeat it. Say they're 18 years old and still in the fifth grade. That's a problem. That's a really big problem. You know, actually, they graduate people out at a certain age because they just can't have, like, adults with kids. Like, I think once they say you get to 20, like, you're almost, like, kicked out of high school because it's, like, you're too old. If you fail that many times, you have to go do a GD or something like that. Yeah, because you can't, they don't want adults with kids. So um, progress is a beautiful thing. Like even in Christian life, we should be progressing. You know, he says, seek me and you will find me. Ask and it will be given to you. Knock and the door will be open. There's always movement, something happening and progressing forward. But the problem of today is many of us are stuck. People are stuck in life. They don't progress anywhere forward. After they finish their schooling or whatever, they're done. They're happy. They go to work, they come home, and they're happy. I have so many examples of this. I, I've said this example before, but I have a friend of mine who's trying to go to his graduate program. He graduated college, and he's trying to get into school. And every year before he's about to apply, you know, his mom, to encourage him, would always tell him every day, you know, you're stupid. Why didn't you? Like, he didn't get in the first year. And so she would talk like that. You're stupid. You're not able. You need to really be studying harder. Like, look at those people and what they're doing. And as he kept hearing that, that went into his brain. So the second year came and went and he, th- he thought, there's no point in applying. I'm not going to get in. And now the third year has come and gone. The fourth year. And now he's on the fifth year. And he's still, right when the application comes, he like freezes. He's stuck. He's stuck in where life is for him. And, and I was it's something that hurts me to a certain degree because I'm like, I want to help him. I was like, hey, talk to me. Like, let, maybe we'll come with a program together. Let's come up with a plan. But it's just, he's stuck. I have so many examples of this. I have so many friends of mine who, they are addicted to things. They're addicted to drugs or alcohol or pornography. I've talked to so many. I'm like, hey, let's talk and come and we'll come up with a plan. And then within a few days, they fall right back into it. And on Sunday, they feel so inspired. I'll send them my podcast, and I'll be like, listen. And they'll be like, that's so good. And they'll come up with a plan, and they just fall right back. This issue of stuck is a very real thing. So when I ask this, this is not a, let's think theoretically. What can we do to help people who are stuck? And maybe you came here, and you feel stuck today. What can we do when it comes to that? Let me hear from you all, and then I'll share what God put on my heart. By the way, actually before, real quick, can I say one more thing? <coughs> Here are just a few things. We can be stuck in addictions, stuck in negative situations. We can be stuck in our story of life. What I mean by that is you feel like you're not progressing. Like, you know, everyone else has a family now and you may not. Or everyone else has bought a house and they're doing financially well and you feel like I'm not. Or everyone else is doing this and you feel like my story of life is stuck. Why am I stuck? You may be stuck in a mindset. You can't, you, you're like, I want to walk with God. I want to not be lazy, but I'm stuck in my apathy. And I want to be positive and loving and kind to people, but I'm stuck in my negativity. And finally, at the end of it, you're stuck in your walk with God. There's been no progress. The saddest thing is there are so many Christians today, they reach a certain level and they're happy. I don't have to do anything different. So you may be stuck in your Christian life. I want this. This is a big question, but... What do you all say then to that? What are ways that we can get unstuck in our situations? And so um, we're going to look at Isaiah chapter 40. So just some context. Um, In Isaiah chapter 1 through 39, you know, Isaiah is broken up into different parts. So Isaiah was a prophet. You all know what the prophets did back in the day? They spoke on behalf of and they would always tell the people, hey, you're doing something wrong. Like, you're not doing right. You know, today when we think of prophecy, It's like, oh, you're going to be rich. Oh, your son is going to be a doctor. This is the prophecies we hear today. But back in the day, people were hated for being prophets because they would be telling people, hey, God doesn't like that you do this. God is not a fan of you offering bad sacrifices. And so people would hate the prophets. So from 1 to 39, Isaiah warns the people, you'll need to change your ways. Well, there's a break and 40 shifts. So after 1 to 39, The people. He warns them, hey, if you don't change, God's going to do something. And God ends up doing something because they don't change. And they get sent into exile. So the people of Israel are in exile at the beginning of of Isaiah chapter 40. And you think, so, you know, I I put a map here real quick of the Neo-Babylon Empire. Um, And so, you know, in this, like you see that they they take over, right? So here is Judah over here on the left. And this whole empire takes over and so um, what we recognize is you know you think about it if anyone was stuck they were stuck like think about being in captivity to another group of people think about that like if someone came in if Russia came in today and took over America think how sad and desperate we would be how much in despair we would be right if there was Russian guards everywhere walking the streets and if they told you you can't leave the house at 10 o'clock at night how would you feel you would probably feel in many ways stuck. And for them especially, they, you know, Judah was the people of God. You know, from 1 to 39, why they didn't uh, change their ways? They didn't change because they felt like God is with us. We have the temple. God will never leave us or forsake us. So the second they went into captivity, they thought to themselves, man, we've really hurt God. Like God is not with us anymore. And in that, Isaiah speaks and shares with them this message of hope. He's saying the message of what they should be doing. So we read what he says in uh, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29, and we're going to reiterate what we started with. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But we're going to read the next part together. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So what do we see here? What is God asking us to do in our captivity, in our stuckness, when we feel like we can't do anything and God may be totally, you feel like, God, you're doing this because I did something wrong. You may feel so much in despair. And in that moment, what do you need to be doing? Hope in the Lord. Wait on the Lord. That's the short answer of what I want to say. If you're stuck today, wait on the Lord. What does it mean to wait on the Lord? That's such a big word, wait on the Lord. We probably have heard that our whole life. Hope in the Lord. To wait on the Lord means to expect something from the Lord. What God wants from you in your situations in your despair, is that you need to wait. You need to expect something from Him. And here's the difficulty for us. For many of us today, we are so ingrained in the systems of this world that we've forgotten that God is the ultimate provider. Right? So like, you know, we get a job and that gives us money. So guess what happens? What happens when I lose my job? I go into despair because I really believe the job is the provider of the money, right? If I'm sick, well, I look to medicine because medicine gives me healing. Can you agree with me, right? If I know someone who's single, we go to Shadi because Shadi is the one that gets us a spouse, right? Shadi.com, right? <laughs> right? So we think to ourselves, oh, hey, look at all of these things God has given to give us answers. And we look to all of these things. Our expectation is in these things. But I need you to understand God is the source of all of those things. You understand the job you got was from God. So really, if you don't have money, go to the source. Wait on him. If if there's some sickness that you have, even if you take a medicine, recognize God, use this medicine to give me the healing. Use this. The medicine is a part of it. But God, you are the one. Hope on God wait on god we've lost that as a people we've become too self-sufficient we're looking at ourselves and here's the beautiful thing if you are willing to wait on god god has answers for you that are better than the answers you have for yourself he has stories for you better than the stories you have for yourself and i know these are big ideas so let me give you a story of this okay this is from my own life i remember during the time that I was uh, helping take care of grandma at the house, I didn't have a full time job. And I remember, you know, I didn't have the most money during the time. You know, my parents still allowed me to use their credit card, but I was like, no, I'm a grown man. I was 26 years old. I'm not using their credit card. And so I remember, I, I, it was times where I, I needed to go to interviews and I was thinking I need to get some new shirts. And so I was like, you know, it was on my to do list. Like, I need to find some shirts. And I even remember I went to JCPenney one day and. Uh, I FaceTimed Hepsi. I I don't even know if you remember this. We FaceTimed each other. I was like, can you help me find it? I'm not good at picking this stuff. And and I remember just, you know, I was like, I I couldn't find it. I went to JCPenney that day. There was nothing that fit me well. And the next week, I went to church on Sunday and uh, one of the uncles, and he said, can you come to my car? And I went to his car and he had bought me three shirts, three button down shirts. And I was like, why are you doing this? And he was like, I just thought this could be u- useful for you. And I tried them on and they fit perfectly. It, I was like, how did you know my size? And he's like, I just took a guess. And I was like, what? And it made, the verse came to life that he says, he takes care of the sparrows. Won't he take care of you? Like truly, if you're willing to look to God, it's shirts that I even wear today. This was 2016, 2017. I was thinking about it yesterday. Six years later, the shirt still fit me perfectly. I should have worn it today. I, I was remembering tonight. I just forgot this morning. But I recognize this. He knows the best answers for you. He knows. He knows the best story for you. He knows how to get you out of everything. But you need to look to him. You need to honestly look to him and say, God, I need you. And always, these are big ideas. This is a big idea of, you know, waiting on God. So I'm going to give you two practical ways and I'll be finished quick. So this is what, the, this is what uh, the prophet uses in verse 10 to 14. We're going to read it together. So let's read this, and this will give us advice on what we need to do. So verse 10 says, See the law, sovereign Lord come with power, and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with them, and, he re, and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lamb in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Verse 12 is really powerful. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, or with his breath of his hand marked off the heavens? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket, or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in a balance, or showed him the path of understanding? Who can fathom the spirit of the Lord, or instruct the Lord in his counsel? Whom did the Lord consult to enlighten him, and who taught him the right way? Who was it that taught him knowledge or showed him the path of of understanding? So let me ask you, what is the prophet trying to encourage the people to do? What is he encouraging through this text? What is he telling him? Yeah, do you even have a perspective of who God is? Sometimes, you know, the bad thing that we do is we make our situation bigger than God. Do you know who our God is? He measures the waters of this earth in the hollow of his hand. In his hand, have you ever gone in and we, I went deep sea diving once. It is one of the most terrifying experiences of all time. We went down to 300 feet. You're going 300 feet down into water. Like if my mask came off, I'm done. Like you're done, right? You see, then you're like, it's so beautiful. It's so amazing. Yet it's so terrifying. And our God has all of it in his hand. Do you understand that? Yet you think your problem is bigger than that God? Really? Right? He held the dust of the earth in a basket. Think about how much dust are in all of the deserts. And he holds it in a basket like it's nothing. The, the issue that we have today and we stay so su- stuck is because we look at our situation Worse than who God is. Our God is so much bigger than anything we go through. And you have to spend time every day thinking about that. Because the situations of life will be hard and you'll think, how can I overcome this? In the midst of that, say, start to proclaim with your mouth who God is. That's your duty. He is the creator of the world, He put all of it in motion. There's no problem too big for him, and even right now you may be thinking, "Man, th- my situation is too hard." But no, our God is bigger. There's a. St- uh, I wanted to show you a picture of our tornado. The, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. If you ever get so like overwhelmed as a situation, put some natural calamity. I put a tornado. I'm like, "Gosh, look how big God is." That is, a tornado terrifies me. Tornadoes and hurricane. Have you ever watched videos on YouTube? Literally in a second things can be destroyed. Do you understand that? And our God has control over all of it. Let's look through the script, the scriptures though. Say you're like maybe I still don't believe it. You know, there was a group of people who were going up against a group that had a wall standing around it. This wall was impenetrable impenetrable. Yet in the midst of that what does God do in a moment? He tears down a wall. Right? You know, there was the people of Israel were walking and they were stuck between the sea and the Egypt army. And in a moment, what did God do? He he split the sea apart. And we see a lady who had 12 years of an infirmity and every day she was stuck. And she said, God, can you even help me in this? And after 12 years, in one moment, do you know who our God is? So I want to encourage you, whatever situation you have, Your situation is not bigger than God. Don't let your perspective of God ever shrink. If you only think about your problem, you are making that bigger than God. Think about who God is and proclaim that. I really believe that people need to hear that. Your addiction is not bigger than God. Your situation is not bigger than God. Look to Him. Wait on Him. Look to Him if you're stuck in your Christian life. Say, God, give me grace. You are worth so much more. Help me to progress forward. See who God is. See who God is and all of it pales in comparison. Your situation is nothing in the hand of God. So let me give you one piece of advice before I go to my last point. Name your situation in relation to God. I need you to do that. When you're in your quiet time alone in your house, when you're praying, and that problem is the only thing you can think about or your character flaw is the only thing you can think about, say, God, you're bigger than any addiction. God, what you can you can break it in one moment. God, maybe I don't see an answer right now, but you can do it today. You are able. God, you are able. And you may think maybe, Does God even care about this problem? He cares about every part of you. If you will wait on him, he wants to. Let me give you another story of this. This is one I heard yesterday. So, you know, I was talking to the youth minister at the church that I was speaking at, and he was telling me, you know, when he first came to the church, all that God told him to do was wait on him. So for eight months, and I was like, wow, this is kind of cool. I want to hear the ending of this because I knew I was about to speak about this. So he waited on God for eight months. And he was like, I didn't try to do any flashy things. I didn't put ourselves on social media. He just waited. And he said, after eight months, God has started just bringing people to the church. He said, there was a lady who moved from Florida to Texas. And he said, the lady had a vision at night that she should go to that name of the church specifically. She saw a vision of a young youth pastor that looked like him with a good build. And she said, and so she came to the church. She found the church and came there. And she's not even Malayali. She's a Haitian woman. Like she's from Haiti. Isn't that amazing? Right? When you wait on God, He wants to answer everything. He wants to work on your situation. And you know, He was like, it's been six months. Some Indian people don't even like sitting next to her because she's Indian. Yet she still comes. And this is what I want to encourage you when God gives the answer, it's better than your own answer. Because the human mind says, Let me go do something, and I'll try to bring people into church. And he said, six months, they've ignored her, yet she still comes back because when God works, the answer is better. So wait on God. And the first piece of advice is, in the midst of your situation, name who God is. Name him. We're going back to what James was talking about in testimony time. Open your mouth and name him. The enemy wants to get you down here and think, no, you can never overcome this. Name it out loud. Proclaim it. Um, the second point that I want to uh, rec- uh, say is this. Recognize that wait is a hard thing. Because the second you say, God, I'm waiting on you, you take your hands off of it. right? You say, God, I'm trusting you. And there are parts that you need to play in the process, but you're waiting on God. If you look at the picture of the guy up there, what do we recognize about him? He's not very happy, would you say? He's stuck. he's stuck. He he's like God. He's just like, when when is it gonna happen? And sometimes we think the same thing. We wait on God and think, when God, when will it happen? I think I think a big part of this is also we're in a very instant gratification society. Like, you know, what I want is what I get. You know, um, I saw this comic that I thought was pretty good. Um, it's the annual instant gratification zero-mile fun run. So, so, so the lady, the person there says, runner, on your mark, get set, go. Okay, come get your T-shirt. You're done. All right. <laughs> the the zero-mile fun run because we want instant gratification. The thing that I need, God, I need you to work right now. And if not, then we think, okay, God is not interested in it, and we take the matter into our own hands. I want to encourage you, trust on the timing of God. As difficult as it may be, trust in the timing of God. So what do you do when the waiting gets hard? Quote scripture. And this is what I think um, that Isaiah was trying to, the prophet was trying to share with the people. Quote scripture. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. So what do we see here? Jacob and Israel are looking to God and saying, God, why aren't you moving? And then the prophet encourages, Don't you know, haven't you heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He doesn't grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. Don't think you know better than God. And he reminds us, He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. And I want to encourage you, you know, if you go your own way, you will grow tired and get weary. You will stumble and fall. But quote this verse to yourself. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And I need that in the midst of your situation for you to proclaim that. As difficult as it is, and you're like, God, when are you going to move? Proclaim that. So how do we get unstuck in the situations of our life? I've gone a little past time, and I apologize for that. But I want to encourage you, wait on God. Wait on the timing of God. Look to him and recognize who he is in the midst, in comparison to your life, comparison to your issue. Don't ever let your issue become bigger than God. And, and I really want to encourage you, open your mouth. I'll end with this story. And this is one story that I've said. So there was a lady who really believed in the power of the word of God. And she was paralyzed from the leg down. You know, she read the scripture that said, um, "Have the elders come to your ch- uh, come, lay their hands on you, confess your sins, and have them anoint your head with oil and let them pray for you, and you'll be healed." And so the lady did that, and she she asked her pastor if she he, he would do that, and he said, "Actually, I don't know if I believe in this," so he didn't even do it. But then one of the ministers came, another minister came, and so he prayed for her. And I've mentioned this, and she started just saying. She told her family, God is, God is healing me. Like I did what the verse said and God is going to heal me. And for the next few months daily, she, she had excruciating pain. But in the midst of her pain, she kept saying, "God, I follow the word of God. God is going to heal me. And there were some nights that the, in the, this is from the Smith Wigglesworth book. The, it was excruciating pain. And the mom came to her and said, Like she was just so torn, but yet the young girl kept saying, God is going to heal me. She's crying in pain, saying, God is going to heal me. And she said one night, I think six months later, six months, she kept saying the words, God is going to heal me. And six months later, one night, God comes to her at night in her room and touches her legs, and she was instantly healed. And here's the truth. The more you expect and wait on God, God will come in. The more you take things into your hand, God says you take care of it yourself then. So wait on God today. Wait on God today and with your mouth begin to profess who God is and never let your problem become bigger than God. Let's pray. Dear God, Lord, we come to you today and we just say thank you for this time. Thank you, Lord, for being with us and hearing our words this morning, God. Thank you for being a faithful God, Lord, that in the midst of our issues and our problems and the situations that we may, be, we may feel are overwhelming, God, thank you that you're so faithful. God, that you are working in our waiting. So God, this morning, work on behalf of your people. Help us to trust you, God, and help us to look to you today. God, I really do believe there's going to be some breakthrough in the life of people. God, even right now, I'm praying for uh, deliverance from addiction. Lord, I pray if anyone here has any addictions, God, break it in the name of Jesus. God, you are bigger than any addiction. God, if we have any negative mindsets, God, I pray, for, I pray uh, uh, that you would break that in the name of Jesus, God. Lord, we pray for deliverance, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus. So, God, we just say thank you, Lord, right now. We're praying, God, and believing in you, God. It's not because of us. It's not because of our prayer, God. It's because you're moving on the midst of us. So, Lord, we just say thank you, and we're trusting you this morning. We give you all the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.